0: Next, we have a very, very big group by the name of, I like this. control captivates your party patrol. Your mind, body, and soul. The bell toes like the rhythm explode. Big, bad, and bold. be boys of old. Many styles me home. Let the story be told. Whether platinum or gold, we use breath control. So let the beat unfold. Intro on drum roll. We beat the lick like Etta and J We harass niggas like we was the Pope. We can move the world without purpose and steel. Welcome back into the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Stalter, alongside the one and only John Paulson. He's the senior editor for 444.com. John, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty
1: good. It's a, it's a crazy Friday already, um, but I'm looking forward to knocking through the podcast
0: and doing some updates. Me too. There's a, there's a very important player coming back this week, and we have dubbed it the Player Week. We'll tell you who that is, but before we get into that, some injury updates some sneaky starts and a little bit of a, a look back to Thursday night's game. Tell us about the music.
1: Uh, yeah, that was uh, a track. I love this track, this hip-hop track, uh, Quality Control uh, by Jurassic Five. It's off their 2000 album, uh, Quality Co- Control. Uh, same track, uh, same name as the track. Uh, it's the number five uh, track on that album. I put it on the uh, Most Accurate Podcast playlist, both of them. Uh, and then we've got the volume two out now, uh, which you can find a link to in our uh, in any of the posts, podcast posts on the website, 444.com. There's a a link to the playlist volume two, which is more of the stuff that we've been uh, rolling out here the last few weeks, uh, more of the modern rock, uh, in in this case, a hip hop track.
0: All right, kind of a surprise last night. The Cowboys were struggling going into last night, and that's that's really an understatement. A, a lot of public betters were lined up with Washington, and naturally, of course, Dallas won thirty-eight to fourteen. That was that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Dak Prescott absolutely lit it up, eleven for twenty-two, a whopping one hundred and two passing yards for Dak mm-hmm. Prescott. But he uh, he did score two touchdowns. He threw for two touchdowns and uh, that was with a, a banged-up hand. I thought the other takeaway from the Cowboys' standpoint, John, was that Alfred Morris had his best game since Ezekiel Elliott was suspended. He he rushed 27 times for 127 yards and a touchdown. Des Bryant was a man-child. He caught five passes for 61 yards and a touchdown. Neely had another one but set up a touchdown uh, off of a, a P.I. What do you think about the Cowboys' performance and then from Washington's standpoint what stood out?
1: Well, th- this performance by Alfred Morris – You know, I was finishing up rankings yesterday and I was like, "Eh, Morris has got a game against his old team, right? The old team theorem, the revenge game. Uh, There's just enough of these games like this that just keeps me buying back into that narrative uh, where uh, a a player is uh, really psyched to play against his old team, stick it to him. I remember when I would change teams in wreck basketball leagues, I would get fired up to play my (laughs) old team. Uh, So I, I can't imagine what, uh, it's like for an NFL player, you know basically he got shooed out of uh, out of Washington and they didn't want him uh, for him to go up and face his old team. I mean he's played him before, but um, this is the first time as the lead back and had the 27 carries 127 yards, four point seven yards per carry, long of 15. so you know he was getting it wasn't like he got this all in one run. Uh, I do notice that especially with running backs that when they do face their old team, the, the coaching staff tends to give them a chance. Uh, to score, uh, get the get the goal line carry or two. Uh, Rod Smith had a, a, a touchdown and uh, had ten carries on 20, uh, 27 yards and didn't catch a pass, which was kind of surprising. I thought he'd be more of a PPR factor in this game, but they really didn't throw the ball much. You're looking at forty two runs that includes five desk, Dak Prescott runs and only twenty two passes. So you know, being in control of the game allowed them really to really run run the ball and open up holes. It was nice to see with only one hundred two. Passing yards for Prescott, you know, for him to get the two touchdowns, plus he got 28 yards rushing, gave him a decent day after a couple of really bad fantasy outings for him. Uh, it was it's great to see that Des Bryant was able to post a five for 61 touchdown day uh, with only 102 passing yards. I mean, that's pretty uh, pretty lucky, I guess. On that, We've given all, given all those yards, uh, you know, usually 200 250 yards passing uh, that they're leaving on the table. Um, for him to get 5.61 and a touchdown is good. Same for Witten to at least get the, get in the end zone on the one catch. Uh, as for the, the Redskins, um, P. Ryan, you know, I, I thought he'd have a better day than he did, but he did end up with 69 yards, 69 total yards. Um, Jameson Crowder was pretty good, 5 for 67. Uh, you know, Ryan Grant eating up 5 for 76 and a touchdown, kind of limited Crowder, limited and certainly limited. Uh, Vernon Davis, who should have had a better day than this, uh, he's starting to tail off a little bit. I wonder if the Thursday turnaround uh, was tough for him, uh, being a, an older player. But uh, you know, Kirk Cousins three three turnovers, but he did get the 251 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, just ran uh, three times for six yards. Decent fantasy day for him. I thought it'd be a little bit better against Dallas, uh, but sort of sort of come out of this, you know, getting what you expected from most of them, except for. Really, Fernand Davis, I mean, we got decent days from everybody we were expecting it from. Uh, so it was just kind of one of those games.
0: Well, I mentioned at the start of the podcast that it's it's a certain player week. And in fantasy circles, that means it's Josh Gordon week, John. Hugh Jackson said that Gordon will start in his 27 debut this weekend. I still can't believe that Josh Gordon is still only 26. He feel It feels like he's been in the league uh, for the last 10 years or so. But he's got an interesting matchup, kind of a tough game for the Browns who are going against a red-hot Chargers team that start Casey Hayward in the secondary. Uh, As an aside, John, do you remember when you and I were working for the Scores Report? Mm -hmm. There was a piece that you did on Ted Thompson. And remember I had said, why the hell did Ted Thompson trade up for Clay Matthews when he did in that draft? Okay, Mm -hmm. so there was a a point where you said, okay, I'm going to do an article. Who would you have taken? One of the players that if I said if the Packers stayed and not traded up for for Clay Matthews, one of those players in the later rounds was Casey Hayward. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember. Okay. That. Anyways, Hayward's been a really good cornerback, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to pat myself on the back for two seconds. Uh, but yeah, let's get back to Josh Gordon. What, what's your expectation for anybody that picked up Josh Gordon as kind of a flyer? Um, you, you know how, how how comfortable are you starting Josh Gordon this week? Well, back to Casey Hayward. The Packers did end up with him, uh, drafting him.
1: And he was good for them for a while. And then the Ted Thompson let, let him go. And now he's a shutdown corner uh, for the Chargers. So I'm expecting him to be on Corey Coleman. But he could easily be on Josh Gordon if Josh Gordon starts to get off to a good start. Um, you know, I as a fantasy prognosticator, it's hard to put a lot of faith in a guy. I mean, the last time he played was 2014. A <laughs> so... Long time. I mean, three years ago, uh, almost almost three years, it was 12-21, December 21st, 2014. Uh, his three previous games that he had, you know, prior to the end of that season, two for 15, three for 48, four for 45. So, you know, last three games that we saw him, it wasn't very good. However, uh, you know, his first game back that year in 2014, after a long layoff, you know, he suspended and... Uh, you know, he, he came. He was suspended for ten games, I guess, and then came in week uh, week eleven or twelve, whatever it was. He had sixteen targets for eight uh, for eight catches for one hundred and twenty yards against your Falcons Oof. in a twenty six to t- twenty six to twenty four victory in Atlanta. I remember that. That was the Brian Hoyer game. Um, and then the following <laughs> week, he had thirteen targets, uh, caught seven for seventy five yards. Uh, so that was another decent day. But then he kind of tailed off there. Uh, over his next three games of that in the last three games of that season so I am not expecting that but he is a very talented guy uh you know with the long layoff I just can't imagine he's going to come out and have a great rapport with Deshaun Kaiser and um but I mean Kaiser will take some chances he will try to push the ball down the field uh there is an opportunity here he's an interesting dart throw and maybe a DFS tournament or something like that um but I still expect I, I still expect Corey Coleman to lead the team in targets they've been very uh, set about getting him the most targets and having him be the future player in the passing game. Uh, so I don't know that we're going to see Gordon with over 10 targets, but you
0: know, he could still do some damage in seven to nine. So
1: it, it is an interesting uh, scenario now that he's finally back.
0: I'm going to have a hard time not putting him in a DFS league because I'm sure he's going to be cheap. I haven't checked his price yet, but I think he's probably going to be uh, uh, an option that, you know, like to use, to use your term, a dart throw that that makes for an interesting uh, DFS play this weekend. All right, let's let's get into some of the Week 13 injury news. We'll start off with Aaron Rodgers. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport said that uh, not to be surprised if Rodgers resumes practicing on Saturday, he is ineligible and in, to return until Week 15. We talked a little bit about Rodgers on Monday, John. Where where are you with his status, and would you pick him up as kind of a flyer for your playoffs?
1: Yeah, I'm still getting questions about whether or not to keep him, and I at this point. I still think you need to because the Packers are technically alive in the playoff hunt. So they need to win the next two games. They play Tampa and Cleveland. If they can win those two games, they will be uh, seven and six and uh, Rodgers would be poised to come back there in week 15. They would need to run the table probably uh, to go 10 and six and make the playoffs. And I think if they lose this week or next week, then you can cut Rodgers and try to do what you need to do to uh, make your team better for the fantasy playoffs. But, uh because i don't think nine and seven is going to get there so it'd be i'd be surprised if they go out if they go if they lose one of these two games and have seven losses i don't think that they're going to make the playoffs i was looking at the nfc playoff picture The, the worst team that's in the playoffs right now are your falcons they're seven and four uh so they would need to lose three of their last five games they do have uh two games against the saints uh, which are going to be tough, right? And then they got the Panthers, I believe, and they also have this week's game against the Vikings. So, you know, you're, you're looking at them as the team that's maybe catchable. Uh, all the other teams that are in the playoffs are 8-3. and three. Very unlikely that they're going to lose four of the last five games, although it's possible. Uh, so if if the Packers lose, then I think you can cut Rodgers. I don't think they would bring him back. I know that the the collarbone is more susceptible to re-injury uh sooner rather than later. so if he doesn't if they shut him down that makes it you know him safer in 2018. if they bring him back you know they're still sort of risking a re-injury um, So I don't think they'll do that if they lose seven games but I, you know I might be wrong I'm not in the mind of Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson thankfully uh, <laughs> but you know if they win this week and they win next week then I, then you have then you have a rogers coming back for you know weeks uh, 15, 16 fantasy playoffs. Uh, be nice to have him out there.
0: Let's talk about Jameis Winston now. Coach Dirk Cutter said that Winston will start Week Thirteen against the Packers, even even against uh, Green Bay's secondary. I don't I don't know how attractive Winston is in, in a standard league, John, or, or a year long league, I should say. But is he an intriguing option in maybe DFS play?
1: You know, he hasn't had a great year.
0: Uh, he's had three zero
1: touchdown games. Uh, but in the other games you know he had a couple of three touchdown games he had two touchdowns against Minnesota you know, even though he threw three picks uh through for over 300 yards that game so this to me is a matchup play I mean I think it's a little bit risky because he's coming off the shoulder injury you don't know how healthy he is but if they're bringing him back I think he is nearing 100 percent. he's had a lot of time to rest and the last time the Packers uh faced competent quarterbacks um Ben Roethlisberger uh 351 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 361 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, even Mitch Trubisky uh, got into the act, 297 yards and a touchdown. That's a decent fantasy day for Trubisky. Wow. Yeah. Uh, against the Packers. So this is one of the best matchups in the league. Um, so, and he's a capable quarterback. He's got good receivers. Uh, so, you know, with Mike Evans out there, Deshaun Jackson, it looks like Cam Brate has a hip injury. We'll talk about him later. Um, but, you know OJ Howard, uh, they he's got weapons to throw to, and this is a you know a, a team that can get thrown on, and they're also uh, a team that's pretty good against a run. And the Bucks lost their running back, so uh,
0: this could be a good, good game for Winston. Jay Cut. Jay Cutler has cleared the concussion protocol and will start Week 13 against the Broncos. Is this good news for Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry, and Kenny Stills? I, I think it's good news for.
1: Devontae Parker specifically, I I went back and looked at the five games that uh, Jay Cutler started and finished just to see, you know, the distributions um, for these different receivers because it's different when when Matt Moore is under center. Uh, Parker accounted for 23% of the uh, catches, 32.7% of the yards and uh, 14% of the touchdowns from Jay Cutler in those five games. Jarvis Landry, 28.6% of the catches, 21% of the yards, 28.6%. Of the touchdowns. Uh, And then Kenny Stills' numbers were the ones that really dropped. They sort of got shifted over to Parker in terms of targets and and yardage. Uh, Stills had 13.5% of the catches, 17.2% of the yards, 14.3% of the touchdowns. And then Julius Thomas, uh, I just want to mention him as well, 12.7% of the catches, uh, 14.3% of the yards, and 28.6% of the touchdowns. I mean, we're only dealing with uh, seven touchdowns. So you know, if one goes another direction or whatever, it changes those numbers significantly. But I think from a yardage standpoint, from a target standpoint, Parker's a big winner here. And that's why I moved him back up into the uh, top 30 and moved stills back down into his uh, dart throw
0: rankings in the in the 50s or 60s. Let's talk about LeSean McCoy. He's not going to practice today, today being Friday, but doesn't, doesn't even seem like the Bills are concerned about McCoy's availability because he's not even listed on the injury report. Safe to start?
1: Yeah, it looks like it's just a, a rest day. I think people are going to see that he mispractice and maybe panic a little bit, but uh he's going to be fine and
0: what's a, you know, a must win for the Bills. Devonte Freeman meanwhile, he can, he cleared concussion protocol. He's been out since Week ten, although I think he, he that was the game where he went, he left the game early against Dallas, so he did get some snaps. But for all intents and purposes, he he's been out for three weeks. Tevin Coleman's done a nice job filling in. The problem with both Freeman and Tevin Coleman, John, is they got a tough matchup against Minnesota. So, what's the upside of not only Freeman but Coleman? Yeah, this was a funny situation because I was
1: putting Freeman back into the uh, into the rankings into the projections, and I you know gave him gave him his distributions and Coleman his distributions when they both played. And Freeman ended up at like 20 or 21, and Coleman's down at like 32, 33, which seems very low for both players, right? Because uh, Freeman's typically in the top 10, top 12. Uh, Coleman's usually in the mid-20s, you know, low-20s in standard formats. Uh, And this is due to the matchup with the Vikings. I mean, they have yielded 830 rushing yards, which is the second lowest in the league. They've given up four – I'm sorry. They've given up six rushing touchdowns, which is, you know – the lowest is four, the most is 16. So not very much, uh, difference there. And then, uh, Minnesota is yielding 3.4 yards per carry. So this is a very bad matchup, uh, a total of uh, 75.5 yards per game, uh, for the Vikings. So, you know, this is, there's not a lot to divvy up here. If, if the, even if the Falcons, you know, succeed and, you know, beat that number of 75 yards by 20, 30 yards, uh, they're still low for what the Falcons typically put up on on a Sunday. So um, both players are a little bit low, but it looks like Freeman's going to be a full go. Um, I think a, he's a solid RB2 uh, in terms of volume. And then Coleman is now, is now like uh, an RB3, and he's kind of a sketchy sketchy RB3 at that.
0: Let's uh, tr- change over to your Packers here. Aaron Jones could be a game-time decision against the Bucks. He's been dealing with a knee injury uh, Packers running backs coach Ben Simmons said that I think it's going to come down to, to a, a call maybe Friday or maybe Saturday. What does the return of Aaron Jones, if he does return, do to the status of Jay, uh, Jamal Williams, John? Well, Jamal
1: Williams uh, obviously played very well the last few weeks. Uh, he was great against the uh, Steelers. Um, he did not get me the comeback that I needed in my FFPC league because Mike Wallace uh, could not overcome Justin Tucker and his 50 yard leg. <laughs> uh, hate playing against Justin Tucker. Ugh. Anyway, uh, Jamal Williams, uh, 21 touches, or I'm sorry, 25 touches last week, uh, 22 touches the week before, 21 touches the week before that against Chicago. Uh, he's a good play in this game because it's a nice matchup against the Bucks and volume. Uh, he'd be a top 12, top 11 play if he's getting this sort of volume in this matchup. Uh, but if Jones comes back. And plays, then we've got him probably getting five to seven touches because I don't think they want to use anyone running back this much 25, you know, 20 to 25 touches. I think they'd like to go 15 and 20 with their lead back and then five to eight with their backup. And, you know, Jones is talented enough. I mean, Jones was going to be the starter the rest of the year until he got injured. So it depends on how he feels. I doubt they want to give him the 20 something touches or even 15 to 20 uh, with the way Williams is playing. So they'll probably go with Williams as the lead back and then Jones in a change role. But this if Jones does play, it's going to knock uh, Williams down into RB2 territory.
0: Let's talk about Doug Martin. He suffered a concussion last, last week against Atlanta. He remained sidelined at Friday's practice. So if he's still in the, the league's concussion protocol, he's not going to play Sunday against Green Bay. What do you think about Jaquiz Rogers and Peyton Barber? Yeah, w- Rogers, if not for
1: Barber's two touchdowns that he vultured last week, uh, I'd be higher on Rogers right now, but it looks like Barber is the goal line back. So you have a three-way committee there with Rogers getting most of the carries from between the twenties and then Barber uh, getting the goal line work. And then Charles Sims as the primary passing back. So this is like a three-way committee uh, in a tough matchup against the Packers. Uh, Rodgers did have 14 touches per game in the first three games that Martin um, missed due to the suspension. He averaged 63 yards and uh, scored one touchdown in those three games. So if you're desperate at, you know, RB2 flex type of play, you can, get, you can pick him up and uh, start him or bring him off your bench and, and you're probably going to get, you know, 10 plus touches. Um, but I wouldn't expect a touchdown unless he's able to get one from 10 yards out.
0: What about the Dolphins' situation too? This is this is interesting with Damien Damien Williams a little banged up himself. Um, he right now has a shoulder injury. He he was uh, he's, he was sidelined on Thursday, and we don't really know what his status is going to be. Do you think that Kenyon Drake is a good play as a potential every down player?
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, he's in my sneaky starts, and I think he qualifies because the matchup is you know bad on paper. It's the Broncos we're used to. Downgrading players because they're playing the Broncos, but they're they're 24th right now in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs, and that's primarily due to the nine combined touchdowns they've given up five rushing, four receiving uh, in the last four weeks to the running back position. Uh, and Kenyon Drake is able to um, score either way, uh, r- uh, rushing or receiving. Uh, the Broncos have given up just 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, in the in that span as well so I wouldn't expect a big rushing yardage day for him but he could he could you know gain yardage in the passing game as well I also read that the uh, the flu bug has hit the Broncos locker room and I don't know if it was the head coach or one of the coaches said it was primarily the defensive line that was um, uh, feeling the effects of the flu Uh, Simeon also apparently has uh, the flu Uh, but you know, that's the type of information that I bring you as John Paulson and uh, here on the podcast because <laughs> that, you know, makes uh, Drake a little bit more, uh, you know, favorable of a start uh, if, you, if you're figuring that the the Broncos are going to be kind of wiped after a week trying to fight the flu, uh, having to go out there and, and face the Dolphins uh, offensive line. And, I, you know, especially if Williams is out, obviously if Williams is in, uh, it makes Drake a lot here. but I think if Williams is out, he's a nice volume play. You got me thinking I should bet on the Dolphins. On Sunday, so <laughs> uh,
0: Mark Cooper yeah, remains in the concussion protocol. He was sidelined on Thursday. He's also dealing with an ankle injury. Looks like he's he could plays. He's going to be fifty fifty. What are your thoughts on Seth Roberts and Cordero Patterson? Well, this is
1: uh, this is a situation where you've got two players missing from the same two receivers playing missing from the same team. So how does this, how do the snaps get divvied up um, amongst the remaining players and? Just to, I want to I talk about this because Johnny Holton is also an interesting DFS dart throw, or if you're in a deep league, an interesting play to, to throw in there because he does have big playability. And he actually played more snaps than Cordero Patter- Patterson last week. He played 68% of the snaps. Uh, Patterson played 54% of the snaps. Now we're used to Patterson being more of the fantasy uh, impact player from his days in Minnesota, and then he had the better game Uh, last week I think he had like 70 yards receiving and a big big catch Um, Seth Roberts I think is the safest play from a PPR standpoint Uh, 84% of the snaps that he played and this is not a bad matchup at all against the Giants uh, who lost Janoris Jenkins to a season-ending injury Um, I'm not real high on Derek Carr this week though with given these receiving options Um, uh, so I would I would plug in Roberts as my primary, you know, the safest play. Patterson and Holton are both sort of upside plays. You don't know for sure which one of these two is going to go off or, or have a nice day, but one of them should. Um, and I think Holton is probably the cheapest in, in DFS, but I haven't I haven't checked.
0: Rashard Matthews, main sideline at practice on Thursday. He's still dealing with a hamstring injury. He reportedly did some jogging, but that was about it. Doesn't doesn't seem like he's going to play on Sunday. What do you think about Davis, the rookie, and then Eric Decker, the veteran?
1: Yeah, uh I had Davis ranked a little too high last week in a nice matchup against the Colts, but he's got another nice matchup. Both these players do, obviously, against the uh the Texans, who are last in the league, I think, in wide receiver adjusted fantasy points allowed. No, they're not they're thirtieth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers. So this is a home game against uh a bad uh bad secondary, at least uh, from a fantasy standpoint. So uh I, I would be feel pretty comfortable running Davis out there and a little less comfortable running Decker out there because it seems like uh Delaney Walker uh, is, you know, the featured player in the passing game. So now you're looking at the third option when you're looking at Decker. Uh, but he's a decent dart throw as well.
0: And then let's transition over to Sterling Shepard, who continues to be uh, banged up as well. Is, is there any chance that he plays on Sunday? Looks like he participated in practice on Thursday. Do you, do you think that he could potentially be a wide receiver three?
1: Yeah, it seems like he's back to normal. Uh, that's That was what he said. So I think those migraines have gone away. Uh, I have him ranked at 35 right now, like below Davis and Watkins and ahead of Paul Richardson and Jermaine curse and T Y Hilton. So that's sort of where I have him ranked in standard. Uh, It's a nice matchup against Oakland, but the concern here is that he's got to change a quarterback and I don't like changes of quarterback. Uh, You know, Eli Manning is Eli Manning, but uh, now he's going to Geno Smith. So uh, it just doesn't seem like uh, uh, this is a great situation, even though the matchup's pretty good. Now he he should see volume. Uh, So, that's good. Uh, the volume should be there and you know, it's just coming from Geno Smith instead of Eli Manning. And it's just, I think the quality of the targets have gone down
0: by the way, for anybody that thinks, okay, well, geez, how can you be limited that much by headaches? I'm a migraine sufferer myself. They're nasty. I mean, they're, they're crippling. It's like, you got to just spend your entire time in a dark room. And, um, just any kind of sound seems like, you're you're you have your ear up against a speaker that's how loud it is and it's just it's it's nasty sunlight's bad so uh Terrell Davis suffered from migraines obviously we knew about um Percy Harvin's migraine issue so hopefully Sterling Shepard's feeling a lot better going on to Juju Smith Schuster he sat last week against the Packers he had the hamstring injury he's practicing in full for the matchup on Monday night against the Bengals. What do you think about him and not only Smith Schuster, but what about uh Bryant? What does this do to Bryant's status?
1: Well Bryant's gonna head back to his I call I said it on Twitter that his hot mess uh dart throw uh, uh ranking down in the fifties and sixties where you know he's, you just don't know what you're gonna get from Bryant because he's gonna go back down to, to playing fifty percent of the snaps or so. Uh, I think what happened here with Juju was they thought they had a winnable game against the Packers, which turned out to be true, but they gave him, the Packers gave him more fits than uh, they were expecting because uh, Smith Schuster, usually with a hamstring injury, uh, you would sit, you know, quite a while in the week that you're going to play to give as much rest as possible, but he's practicing fully on Thursday, yesterday for a Monday night game. So they even had an extra day to rest and they, they had him out there in full practice on Thursday. So I think the, the hamstring uh, strain was pretty um, uh, mild uh, so I would expect. I think I'm going to move him up a little bit uh, into the 20s here, maybe around Mar- Marquise Lee, uh, because I think he's going to be a full go. Uh, you looking at his previous games. You know, Week Seven against Cincinnati, the same Bengals, he only had two catches uh, for 39 yards, but he caught the caught a touchdown. He had three targets, and then after that is when he sort of blew up with with Martavis Bryan getting suspended or whatever, being benched. Uh, seven for 193 on a, and a touchdown against Detroit on 10 targets. And then Indianapolis five for ninety seven and a touchdown on seven targets. And then Tennessee he had kind of a disappointing day four for forty seven, but he had eight he had eight targets in that game and played eighty eight percent of the snaps. So I think he'll come back and play uh, you know eighty ninety percent of the snaps against Cincinnati. And I think that's uh, you know worthy of a wide, wide receiver two discussion.
0: Robert Woods looks like they're going to target his return in Week fifteen. Cooper cup had his first 100 yard receiving day last week against the saints. I think he's a PPR, uh monster, John, myself, Sammy Watkins, though, this is, this is a tough matchup on Sunday because he's going to face a lot of Patrick Peterson. So with Robert Woods out, what are your thoughts on Cooper cup and Sammy Watkins?
1: Yeah, I think, I think cups the play, uh, Watkins is uh, more of a, a dart throw, a dicey play, uh, given the matchup against Peterson. I mean, I think Watkins is talented enough to beat Peterson a few times. The question is, uh, will Goff be looking his way to deliver the ball uh, when that happens? Uh, I think the the volume will be there for Watkins, though. I mean, he should see uh, seven to nine targets, although Marquise Lee faced Peterson last week. I think he only saw two or three targets. I don't think Bortles wanted to test him, but maybe Goff will. But Cup's the safe play here, especially in PPR. Uh, he, he's going to catch a ton of passes, I think, against uh, Toronto Matthew.
0: Greg Olson has uh, returned to practice on Friday. He's dealing with that foot injury. It was really just soreness that had him a little bit hobbled last week. That said, is he a safe play at this point?
1: Well, safe is a, is a tough statement, but I think, you know, he's a low-end tight end one, high-end uh, tight end two. You'd like to see him perform well in a game before having to use him, but uh, I don't know. A lot of owners are in that situation. This is a could be a high-scoring game against the Saints, but, um, but I need to get him back in the rankings because I had him out as of yesterday. And, and now that he's practicing, I think he'll, he's definitely uh, in line to play.
0: Speaking of tight ends, Cameron Brait was added to the Bucks injury report on Thursday, getting in a limited session with a hip issue. He has not been the same tight end with Jameis Winston out of the lineup, but with Winston back in, what are your thoughts on Brait?
1: Yeah, this is a situation where I'm, I'm right now I'm significantly higher on, on Brait than uh, a lot of my peers that rank players or project players. Uh, because of the quarterback change, uh, back to, to, back to Winston. He's got a nice rapport with Winston, uh, in his six healthy games, Brayt has averaged 4.2 catches for 55 yards and a half a touchdown per game. So those are tight end one numbers. Uh, the question here with Brayt is the hip injury and I'm going to, I'm going to be looking to see how active he is today at practice. If he's limited again, I might have to downgrade him a little bit, uh, and upgrade OJ Howard.
0: Finally, let's talk about Kobe Fleener before we get to some sneaky starts. He's out against the Panthers. He's got a concussion. Josh uh, Hill is the most likely starter. I don't like that matchup at all against Carolina, though. You don't? I don't.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tweeted about this yesterday. I uh, uh, the, the tight ends for the uh, Saints, even though it's been spread amongst three different players, and I'm going to let you tackle – the who, who's your mama uh, tight end there? <laughs> uh, somebody tweeted, oh. he's like, I, the, he was, somebody somebody uh, tweeted back at me and said the most amazing thing about this tweet is that you spelled his name correctly, but I actually co- copied and pasted it because I didn't want to spell it. Uh, but I think Josh Hill is. I know it's not a good matchup against Carolina. Um, I get that, but Fleener, uh, Hill, and uh, who's your mama have. <laughs> Combined to to you know produce pretty good numbers, uh, as, as a tight end, uh, and I, I expect uh, who's your mama to probably catch a touchdown and have a you know have a better day than uh, normal. But uh, Josh Hill, I think, is kind of a sneaky start. Uh, I liked him uh, before they signed Fleener a couple years ago. You might remember uh, he's a he's a pretty good player, and it's just the, the tough part is the he, he's not real proven. Uh and, and the matchup's bad. But if you're desperate at tight end or if you're looking for a tight end two to start, uh I picked him up in our Scott Fishbowl uh league because his tight end premium uh might run him out there uh, this week to 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 look smart uh at the at the very least.
0: Uh it's Michael O Manawanui. That's how you say that <laughs> And he was a Ram, so I had I had to learn that name. Oh, you had yeah, to learn uh, that. Yeah. uh he was a Ram for for a while. It, they, the, the shortcut version is a Mike. Because he went to Illinois, so uh, the line I am Yeah, so okay. you could go with the line I Mike. All right, let's get to some All sneaky right. starts. Josh McCown has been a steady, a steady uh, streaming option throughout the course of the year. I think the Jets have been much better than what people think, and you like him against Kansas City, who is having problems on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, the Chiefs are twenty third in adjusted fantasy points allowed to to quarterbacks, so it's a it's a good matchup. Um, and then you look at McCown, and he's got pretty stark home away splits. I was looking at them this week in six 2017 home games. He's averaged 255 yards and 1.5 touchdowns. And he only threw uh, half of an interception per game. Uh, so he's, you know, he's shown that he can uh, put up points, fancy points. And this is a Casey offense that is typically good. I mean, they've been struggling lately, so maybe they get it going against the jets and this turns into kind of a high scoring game. I mean, McCown's coming off of a 307, 307- yard three touchdown effort against the panthers uh so that's a pretty good defense and he's uh he's had 16 total touchdowns in his last seven games so i think he's a nice start that's who uh, max is starting this week as he streams quarterback waiting for his hero uh aaron
0: Rodgers to come back (laughs) nice alex collins is coming off a really nice game against houston he has scored a touchdown in back-to-back weeks and you like him what what do you think
1: yeah alex i don't know how much of a sneaky start Alex Collins is I was expecting people to tweet at me and tell me that he wasn't a sneaky start but um I think he's flying under the radar I have him ranked significantly higher than a lot of my peers this week uh mainly I think well I think it's because of the Lions rush defense lately uh in their last uh three games they've given up 5.06 rushing yards Uh, per carry to opposing running backs. Uh, So they've sprung some leaks on that defensive line. Collins is obviously running uh, very well. Uh, He's got at least 14 touches in four straight games. And he's starting to catch the ball as well. So I know it's going to be Danny Woodhead there in the passing game, but he's catching one or two passes. He's running the ball really well. Uh, It's a home game. Uh, You know, There's a good chance he scores a touchdown as as a home game. He had 62 total yards and a touchdown and 18 touches. Uh, against the Texans last week. So I like Collins this week.
0: What about Devontae Booker? He's coming off a rough game. He only had 11 yards on six carries. He caught two passes for 22 yards, but you list him as a sneaky start. You think he's a good volume play? Well, I think
1: with Paxton Lynch coming in and that experiment not working very well, um, we're looking at Simeon probably as a starter here against the Dolphins. And um, the past four weeks, Booker has led the Broncos with 190 total yards and 44 touches. Uh, the touches are also a team high. In, in four games since week nine, the Dolphins have given up 4.88 yards per carry uh, and yielded seven total touchdowns five rush, two receiving, two opposing running backs. And he's a guy who could catch a, pa- a touchdown pass as well. I think he almost scored last week. Um, I think he was not tackled at the one, I want to say. Uh, so. I, I like him. Uh, he's I have him ranked as in the 30s, so he's not like a great start because they're still splitting time there with uh, C.J. Anderson and you know the, the quarterback change and everything like that. But I think with uh, Simeon uh, back under center, we might see a more normal game from this Broncos offense. I guess a, uh, a kind of shaky uh, Dolphins defense.
0: All right, you t- you always talk about old team theorem when it comes to certain players. Ted Ginn, he was targeted more than any other receiver last week for the Saints against the the, the Rams. And uh, you like him, and Ted Ginn's going to face his Carolina Panthers this weekend. His former team, I should say.
1: Yeah, yeah he should uh, – I like the game in a dome. Um, he, last time he played uh, Carolina, he caught two or three targets for 44 yards and a touchdown, so he hit pay dirt on that. Um, he should be matched up with uh, James Bradbury, which uh, who he struggled in coverage. And then you look at just Ginn's involvement in the offense. I mean, it's still there, even though he hasn't scored a touchdown since week nine. Uh, He had six catches for 87 yards on six targets against Washington. He had seven for 71 on 11 targets uh, last week against the Rams. Uh, He also runs the ball once in a while. Um, You know, not often, but he runs, you know, he gets a carry here and there. He had 15 yards in week three, uh, nine yards in week four. Uh, So he'll get the occasional carry as well. Uh, They might give him one uh, against his old team. He had that week three, one was against Carolina, the 15 yard rush. Uh so I do think that the team the team will scheme a couple extra touches for him and maybe take a couple deep shots and that makes him a good play.
0: Let's move on to some wide receivers some other wide receivers uh two two chargers that you that you list here neither which are Keenan Allen cuz he wouldn't constitute a sneaky start but you like Terrell Williams and Travis Benjamin. Yeah, these are
1: more dart throws. Uh
0: Terrell Williams had the um
1: two catches for 58 yards and a touchdown on three targets against uh the Cowboys on on Thanksgiving. Uh, so he's coming off of a good game the the, the issue here is uh, mike williams he's got he's dealing with a back injury again and i don't as of yesterday he wasn't practicing so we got to check his status but if he's out that you know that adds 15 25% of the snaps frees him up for for williams for, for travis benjamin uh, especially because he'll probably go uh, up into the 60s now instead of playing 20 30 40% of the snaps and he's playing against this is another old team uh theorem game against cleveland uh so don't be surprised if he catches a bomb and you know uh you get three for 50 uh against uh, the cowboys last week as well playing 65 percent of the snaps so these are these are dart throw plays uh you're you're hoping for a big play maybe a touchdown maybe you get 12 13 points but you could end up with two
0: as well all right i'm not surprised in the least that you list jared cook as one of your sneaky starts this is uh the 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 most accurate podcast Player of the year, Jared Cook. You like him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I love talking about Jared Cook with you. <laughs> uh, this is one of my... He didn't do much against the, the Broncos last week. He had one catch for one yard and five targets. And this is actually a good matchup. But he's got the best matchup in the league against the Giants. They're 32nd and just a fantasy points allowed to tight ends. And Amari uh, Cooper, Michael Crabtree are both out. So I would expect um, Cook, he could see a, a season high in targets. And that would put him about 9 or 10. Um, so if he does that, he should really produce uh, this week um, against the Giants at, at home.
0: I'm taking your advice on Ricky Seals-Jones and one of my DFS teams. Uh, he's He's got a fair amount of touchdowns this, this year, and I know you're not big on rookie tight ends, but the Arizona tight end has been highly productive in recent weeks.
1: Yeah, you can't argue here with his production recently. He had th- two touchdowns, 54 yards, three catches against Houston in Week 11. He only played 14% of the snaps. Uh, and then the following week, he played 23% of the snaps. So ding, 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 the snaps rose. Uh, he doubled, actually, from 8 to 17. Uh, he caught four passes for 72 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he might be setting records here for fantasy points per snap. And it looks like uh, Blaine Gabbert has an affinity for throwing to him. Uh, so, you know, he might go out there and goose egg it. I mean, that's entirely possible against the Rams. Uh, but if you're desperate if a tight end two, or if you just want to throw somebody out there, uh, might find the end zone. This guy is definitely hot. Uh, he's definitely getting the usage of you know, five targets in week 11, uh, six targets in week 12. That's pretty good uh, usage there from a tight end. It doesn't really matter how many snaps he plays if he's getting those that kind of targets.
0: All right, I'll 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 get out of the way here. I want you to list off some streaming defenses that you like this week. And tell me one team you don't like that maybe team, maybe players will be like, okay, well, I really like this team based on the matchup. But there's one team specifically that you don't like this week if you're streaming defenses.
1: Yeah, the uh, uh, Max picked up uh, the Rams uh, against uh, Arizona in this game. He, he he was excited about that matchup, so that's who we picked up. The Chargers were not available. The Chargers would be my top streaming option. They're playing the uh, playing the Browns. Uh, Chargers have been scoring as a fantasy defense. The Browns have been getting up a lot of points as a, a fantasy offense, so that's a great matchup. I like Tennessee at home against Houston and uh, Tom Savage. Uh, that that's a that's a great matchup at home for the Titans, who are not typically. Uh, really playable as a fantasy defense. Uh, The Buccaneers are getting healthier. Uh, I don't love their matchup at Green Bay with the way Hundley played last week, but Hundley's also capable of of doing what he did against the Ravens and throwing three picks and struggling. Uh, I don't think the Bucs are a bad play. Uh, The Bears at home against uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. Now, I'd be more inclined to play them if uh, C.J. Bethard was under center. I think Garoppolo's better. Uh, But, you know, in his first game, he's got very few receivers to throw to. It could get ugly, and the, the Bears have shown uh, that they can score defensive touchdowns uh, as well, so they're not a bad play. And then I think New Orleans at home against Carolina is sort of an underrated play. Uh, Carolina's in the middle of the road. I think they're 17th adjusted fantasy points allowed to defenses. Uh, New Orleans is like the number nine fantasy defense. Uh, they're playing at home. They could jump out to a lead and put Carolina in a position where Cam Newton's got to take some chances and throw some picks, and then you get pick sixes, you get sacks, all that kind of stuff. And the team that you mentioned uh, I don't really like. I mean, they're playable. Uh, is the Raiders, Uh, you know, they're playing against the Giants this game. Uh, Is that in New York or is it at Uh, home? I I think it's at
0: home. I think it is. I think it's – I think Oakland is at home. I'll I'll verify.
1: Yeah, they're at home. I just just checked. They're at home. So um, it's not a bad play, but the Raiders are so bad. Uh, Just in sacks, they're like the third fewest sacks. They're averaging like 1.7 sacks per game. Uh, They've got one interception on the year. Uh, so this this is a, they are playable, uh, but I don't I like these other teams more. I'd rather play the Saints uh, over them. I'd rather play the Bears over them. But uh, I mean I'm sure the Raiders would be very cheap in DFS and you could run them out there against Geno Smith.
0: John, great stuff as always. You can follow him on Twitter at 444 four underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. Best of luck in your fantasy leagues this weekend. Hope you win. We'll talk to you again on Monday where we'll discuss all of the Big storylines coming from Week 13 from a fantasy perspective, and it's an interesting matchup on Monday night between the Steelers and the Bengals that we'll also dive into. Until then, we'll see you next time on the Most Acro Podcast. Truce, a loss, hey At yeah, you truth s drink like your light while underground doesn't like you the media your mind but we be your league will change that as we bridge gaps in this the grudge match but must be slu back
1: yeah we bless tracks with the help of a raw rap and print it like poor tracks all over your brain rack my into maneuver will clear and stand right through you we grant like poba understand that we move it. hey yo my rhythm reveal roller coast the real deal yeah revolutionize and act and build a plan my my dreams in the field and wait to harvest my skills For the starving MC, hungry, trying to get the meal hey, You're my quality
0: control, it captivates your body control Your mind, body and soul go move the bell tolls I like the rhythm explode Big, bad, and bold, be boys alone in your seatbelts. Are you ready? Well, let's go.